Welcome. You're listening to Blood Advances Talks. Blood Advances Talks are scholarly review articles that are presented in an audio format and published in the American Society of Hematology's open access journal, Blood Advances. Transcripts for Blood Advances Talks undergo the same rigorous peer review process as all articles published in Blood Advances and can be downloaded by visiting bloodadvances.org. We thank you for listening. Hello, my name is Mark Crowther from the Department of Pathology and Molecular Medicine at McMaster University. The title of my talk is The Direct Oral Anticoagulants, Can We Finally Stop Using Rat Poison? I have a number of conflicts of interest to disclose, including the fact that I serve as the chair for the Data Safety Monitoring Board for the Bayer Pediatric Program with Rivaroxaban, and both myself and my institution have received funding from Bayer. We also, at our institution, have received research funding from Leo Pharma, as well as I having had received honoraria from them. I have also received honoraria from Pfizer and consulting fees from Shinogi. The era of warfarin as the principal oral anticoagulant is drawing to a close as a result of the introduction of the direct anticoagulants. Direct oral anticoagulants are associated with reduced bleeding and similar or better efficacy than warfarin. Furthermore, the lack of need for monitoring results in a strong preference of patients for these medications. The use of the direct oral anticoagulants is supported by both clinical trials data and experience from large population studies. Bleeding is frequently cited as a concern with the direct oral anticoagulants despite high-quality evidence that this complication is both more frequent and more morbid with warfarin. Although an antidote has been introduced for dabigatran, there is still no widely available reversal agent for the 10A inhibitors. Idarucizumab should be used in patients with major or life-threatening bleeding who are taking dabigatran. Patients with mechanical heart valves or those with potent procoagulant states such as the antiphospholipid antibody syndrome, heparin-induced thrombocytopenia, or cancer-associated thrombosis should not be treated with a direct oral anticoagulants outside the context of a study. For nearly 50 years, the oral vitamin K antagonists were the only widely available oral anticoagulant medication. Although warfarin is highly effective in a variety of indications, it has significant limitations, most importantly, widely variable dosing due to many drug-drug, drug-food, and patient-specific factors. Additionally, warfarin use is associated with hemorrhage, including fatal and disabling intracerebral hemorrhage. Despite its limitations, warfarin has undergone a renaissance over the 20 years prior to the introduction of the direct oral anticoagulants, given high-quality evidence that warfarin reduces the risk of stroke in many patients with atrial fibrillation. Atrial fibrillation is an increasingly common problem in the aging population, and increased recognition of the clinical importance of both permanent and transient atrial fibrillation has led to increased anticoagulant use. The direct oral anticoagulants were introduced to address some of the issues associated with the oral vitamin K antagonists. Given in fixed doses without the need for laboratory monitoring and with a reduced risk of all forms of bleeding except gastrointestinal bleeding, the direct oral anticoagulants have revolutionized the way that we manage patients with or at risk of venous and arterial thrombosis. The first oral anticoagulant to be widely used is dabigatran. Administered as the oral prodrug dabigatranatixalate, it is administered in fixed doses on a BID schedule. Complications of its use include dyspepsia and bioaccumulation, which may be associated with bleeding in the setting of renal insufficiency. Dabigatran is the only direct thrombin inhibitor amongst the direct oral anticoagulant medications in current clinical practice. The oral 10A inhibitors include rivaroxaban, apixaban, and adoxaban. Rivaroxaban and adoxaban are generally administered once daily, while apixaban is always administered twice daily. In large clinical trials, all three of these drugs demonstrated excellent efficacy compared with warfarin. 
Systematic reviews of the studies that led to the approval of the direct oral anticoagulants have demonstrated large reductions in overall bleeding, clinically relevant non-major bleeding, major bleeding, and intracranial and fatal bleeding. Gastrointestinal bleeding has been found to be increased in some studies and similar to warfarin in others. Direct oral anticoagulants are now indicated for the prevention of thrombosis after orthopedic surgery, for the secondary prevention of recurrent thrombosis in patients with acute venous thromboembolism, and for the prevention of stroke and systemic embolization in patients with atrial fibrillation. They should not be used to prevent stroke and systemic embolization or valve thrombosis in patients with mechanical heart valves. Furthermore, their use in other patients with strong procoagulant states, such as the antiphospholipid antibody syndrome, heparin-induced thrombocytopenia, or cancer-associated thrombosis should be viewed as extremely experimental until additional studies are performed demonstrating that they are safe and effective. When the direct oral anticoagulants are used to anticoagulate patients, clinicians frequently identify the lack of an antidote for the 10A inhibitors as a reason for continuing to use warfarin. It is important to note, however, that the safety advantage of the direct oral anticoagulants is seen in the absence of an antidote and would presumably be even larger should an antidote become available. The first specific antidote for a direct oral anticoagulant is idarucizumab, which was approved as a specific reversal agent for dabigatran. In the interim analysis of the studies that led to its approval, idarucizumab was associated with immediate and complete reversal of the anticoagulant effect of dabigatran in all patients. The reversal effect persisted for up to 24 hours. Idarucizumab has become widely available and should be used to reverse the anticoagulant effect of dabigatran in patients with major or life-threatening bleeding. The idarucizumab cohort study also included a cohort of patients who required urgent or emergent surgery. Administration of idarucizumab was associated with excellent hemostasis in those patients undergoing surgery. In deciding whether an antidote should be used, the rapid availability of a highly reliable test for the presence of the anticoagulant is useful. Uniquely, there is such a test for dabigatran, the thrombin time. This test is easily implemented in all hospital coagulation laboratories and has nearly 100% reliability for the detection of dabigatran. A normal thrombin time effectively rules out its presence. In all clinical laboratories, it should be considered to introduce a thrombin time in order to guide decision-making around the use of idarucizumab in the setting of bleeding in a patient who may have recently been treated with dabigatran. At the time of writing, there is no specific reversal agent for the 10A inhibitors. And Dexnet is a specific reversal agent for the 10A inhibitors that is currently being evaluated in a large prospective cohort study. Interim analyses recently published demonstrate excellent hemostatic efficacy in patients with active bleeding. Pending results from the licensure process of Endexnet, clinicians currently do not have specific reversal agents available to them for the 10A inhibitors. Decision-making around reversal strategies for 10A inhibitors is further complicated by the lack of a simple, widely available laboratory test for their anticoagulant effect. Specific drug levels, although not approved by the Food and Drug Administration, are available for each of the agents. However, it is unlikely that these levels will become widely available, given the infrequent need for such testing. In an emergency, an anti-10A heparin level may be performed. A level other than zero demonstrates the presence of drug. However, unless calibration is performed, anti-10A heparin levels do not produce a quantitative drug level. When faced with a bleeding patient who may have taken a 10A inhibitor, many clinicians are choosing to administer prothrombin complex concentrate as a nonspecific reversal agent of the anticoagulant effect of the 10A inhibitor. Unfortunately, there are very limited and very low-quality data to support this intervention. Given that thrombosis has been observed after administration of prothrombin complex concentrate to patients treated for warfarin-associated coagulopathy, these agents should be used with great care and only in extremists in an attempt to counter the anticoagulant effect of the 10A inhibitors. Notably, there are no data demonstrating their utility in patients presenting with active bleeding. The data available in the literature are derived from highly contrived human experiments and animal models. 
Warfarin has two specific and highly effective reversal agents. Use of vitamin K with or without prothrombin complex concentrates will normalize the international normalized ratio in all patients when used appropriately. However, warfarin reversal is very poorly performed in the community. The observation that the direct oral anticoagulants are associated with fewer bleeds and that those bleeds are less likely to be fatal is probably due to the very poor warfarin reversal efforts and their favorable short half-life and rapid clearance from the circulation, even in patients with hepatic and or renal dysfunction. Perhaps the most important limitation for the widespread use of the direct oral anticoagulants is their cost. Warfarin remains very inexpensive, despite the complexity of its use for many patients, is the only affordable option for anticoagulation. The availability of four direct oral anticoagulants in the United States has not led to sufficient price reduction to displace warfarin from most of its indications. In places where direct oral anticoagulants are less expensive, they are rapidly replacing warfarin for all indications except mechanical heart valves. In summary, the direct oral anticoagulants have revolutionized the way that we manage anticoagulation. By simplifying anticoagulant therapy and reducing its complications, they have recruited significant numbers of patients into the anticoagulation universe, probably resulting in reduced stroke, reduced venous thromboembolism, and other complications. Furthermore, compared with warfarin, they have reduced major life-threatening and fatal bleeding and have largely eliminated intracerebral hemorrhage as a complication of anticoagulant treatment. You've been listening to Blood Advances Talks. Please visit bloodadvances.org for more audio reviews and for information on how to subscribe to the Blood Advances Talks podcast. A full transcript of this podcast can be found online. Music for Blood Advances Talks is performed by the Art Tipolo Trio and provided by Dr. Art Tipolo. This presentation is copyrighted by the American Society of Hematology. We thank you for listening.